it up. Hold it up to your mouth. We're already like 55. <laughs> hey, this is Jack Morrissey welcoming you to episode, welcoming you to episode 56. We think of Team Jack. We're back on Monday, exactly as we discussed toward the end of last week's episode. With us this week, of course, Matt Cohen. Hello. Uh, who's actually going to talk quite a bit this week because he is, uh, facing off. Uh, we'll see. um it's been a long weekend it's it's taken 56 episodes but finally my own personal comic book guy is here uh paul grimshaw who owns one of the great 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 comic book stores in la personally and i'm not i've said this on the air before so it's not just some ass lickery i i much prefer to golden apple old or new House of Secrets on Olive Avenue and Burbank, right up the street from where I used to work at Creature Features, which is no longer there. Now it's your turn to say something. Yes, thank you, thank you. <laughs> you also have a small uh, press, published a small publisher, do, right? Uh, Art of Fiction, created in 2008 with my good buddy Eric Warfield, who's the store manager. I know you've met right, Eric, of times. course. Yeah. Yep. Uh, along with Amy, running the store. Yep. Um, Amy, comic book chick. Amy Kambochev, who I now I believe is on uh, Geek and Sundry. Uh, what is that? Little, uh, Felicia Day's YouTube network. Yep, absolutely. Oh, really? And, uh, What's that mean she's on it? She uh, reviews comic books every week. On camera? Uh, on camera, I think her bit is about three minutes, something like that. No and, shit. Uh, last week she did a Superman bit and was singing a Superman song from a very, very old 1938-39 Superman comic. Really? Um, you can sit back, Paul. And then uh, Paul's got a glass of apple pie just, moonshine uh, in front of him. You can do that too. I can do that too. Can I lean all the way back here? It's quite the You can slide couch. all over that couch. Um, yeah. So uh, 2008, uh, we have an awful lot of talent come through the store. Uh, yeah. Animators, comic book guys, and the like. And, because uh, you're so close to NBC, Universal, yeah. Warner, Disney, and ABC. Nickelodeon Nick- is down the street. Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network. DreamWorks is over the freeway. That's right. Uh, and then just a plethora of, you know, uh, post houses and the like, you right. know, in the neighborhood. Right. Um, so we Do were you talk a- about your celebrity clientele? No, I really don't. That's the big thing about House of Secrets. Um, you'd need a lot more moonshine. Um, <laughs> the nice thing about House of Secrets is everybody gets treated the same way. Right. I don't care if it's a seven-year-old like kid. Yeah, exactly. Well, you, <laughs> you specifically. Yeah. Um, I mean, it really has been that way. We call it a house for a reason. There's a couch in the front of the store. Right. And uh, we really try uh, to create a vibe where everybody's welcome. You know, It's so sweet um, and chill in there. There is a Google Street View of your store. Yeah, that Google Map is absolutely There's stunning. a Google Street View of... I'm walking through House of Secrets right now on my iPad. Yeah, it's oh, that's pretty true. Bitchin'. Kathleen, I see if I could, uh, if I'd been in the take these before. pictures, Kathleen. We yeah. do an illustrated. We're calling them photo novels now for nice. every episode of the podcast. So well, Burbank Kathleen, also home Tracy to and Sasha. We'll bust these. We'll break these out. Yeah, the reason that's there is Google is uh, right down the street too. They're in Burbank by the airport, and but they uh, actually came inside the store. It was absolutely bizarre to watch the process because all it was was a series of still photos. Just set up here, there, and everywhere, and right. they just stitch that stuff together. Well, did and they ask permission though? Uh, he did it. He wanted to do it as a test because it was right before they started doing that. I didn't and, even uh, know they were. I didn't know they were. I have never seen them in an interior location before in my life. I think NSA. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, no, it never happened. Actually, um, I think that's the the next big thing you're going to be seeing. Wow. 
Wow. Um, I think they're probably like mapping the earth right now. They're done with that. Now they want to map interior. Well, the new cool oh thing God. Google map wise that happened in like the last day was my friends discovered this game called GeoGuess where basically you're presented with a Google map street view. You are dropped somewhere on the planet. You have two miles to explore and you have to try to pinpoint exactly where you are on a map. And you cumulatively wow. add points and challenge your friends. So sometimes you'll be on an abandoned road somewhere and you're fucked. But like I even got, if you're not, if you're in the middle of some, you learn tricks, dude. Chinese concentration no. camp. You, you learn tricks. Well, China, you, you'll get yeah. close enough to get a good amount of points. But like the first thing to check for is always what side of the car is the steering wheel on. Right. What uh, side of the street <laughs> is the car parked kilometers on? Kilometers and miles. They blur out every license plate, everything that would mention where it is. Right. Except for like subtle things. So the best thing that I did was um, I got dropped in front of a building that said like Reichhardt Hall, and I was like, all right, this looks collegiate. Germany. It was yeah. no, no, no. And then there was a banner on a street sign that said UAF, and it had a bear on it. And I was like, University of Alabama, no, France. Alaska, Fairbanks. I went to Fairbanks, Alaska. I zoomed oh, really? all the way in until I found the college. I found the exact fucking building. Oh, really? I got within point oh 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 one kilometers of of the thing. And what do you get for that? Points. <laughs> points. So you could, which you can redeem at your S and H green stamp store. Each, uh, or what? Yeah, yeah. Each round is five guesses, and basically you could you then I take your score. In. I didn't get that reference. I know because <laughs> I you're did. too young. <laughs> <laughs> Explain, please. I can't even. Can yeah, you? What are they? You used I mean, to collect SNH green yeah. stamps, and then you would take them into a redemption center. Yeah. Did you not just use them at those stores? What like is SNH green? It was just an. It was, was, it was a stores? thing. And, uh, You'd fill a book with stamps, basically. This was the 1970s, even. dude. And I think I, I think my mom used some SNH green stamps to buy me my Mego Captain Kirk action <laughs> figure. Was it was it mail away? Yeah, yeah. It was either that or Sears. I just remember being really resentful because yeah. it didn't come with the painted package the, with the bubble pack, which is for me the packaging is half the pleasure. It yeah. came in a plain white box. I was like, "What?" Well, there is no <laughs> you know? truth in advertising. No, exactly. Uh, you get those hundred soldiers or the thousand soldiers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why are they one-dimensional? This is bullshit. Are you still in? Um, are you still having gaming after dark in the store on certain nights of the week? Uh, publicly, no. <laughs> <laughs> Privately, also, no. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But what is it, Heroclix? It is Heroclix, yeah. Which yeah. is, uh, I'm not really a gamer by any stretch of the imagination. If it's uh, board games, yes. I like right. to play Risk and such, and we'll play Risk there every once in a while. Right. But Heroclix is great because you can command your own army of superheroes, and it's a dice rolling game. Okay. Uh, so it's a lot like conquering territories, but you're beating up on superheroes. Right. And it comes down to rolling dice versus the other guy's dice, and then you got a plethora of frick. And you actually sell all that stuff as well, we do. right? That's the only game uh, I do sell at the store. Is it a strong seller? It is. It's very big. It's very big. Uh, I should probably stock more of it. Um, what's but- what's? Give me an example of um, what's some guy who who. Uh, Brings his swag right through the front door. Wants to buy a big, expensive piece in Hero Clicks. What's he buying, and what? How much does it cost? Oh, I guess the the most recent one was. Um, and is it based on rarity? Are they playing that game too? It's a lot like baseball cards. You're looking for that, you know, rookie card or um, yeah. Uh, in today's uh, um, 
it's signatures or pieces of fabric from the jersey and stuff right, like that. Right, right, all that. Uh, sh- these all have this circular base, what they call hero clicks, because you click the dial. You start out and Superman's got a 12 attack, dishing up 5 damage with a 20 defense with impervious. Okay. You whack him around a couple of times, now he's got like a 9 attack and super strength and all this. So but you, they're all pre-painted. All pre-painted. They're about 2 inches high, right? Yeah, Maybe pre- less. Maybe a little less, yeah. Okay. Um, but all the, all the game dynamics built into it. Right. So, I mean, they make maps and such for it that you play on and stuff. And you can right. play it very rudimentary without all of the special abilities, you know. Batman, obviously, he has stealth. Right. So if you're sitting in a bush on the board, ain't nobody looking at him. He's just sitting there dicking you the whole game. Right. I outwit this, I outwit that, you know. Right. Uh, whereas then Superman shows up and he can see through all that crap and, you know, it just takes care of business. So, uh, I interrupted you, which Not is, so good. Which is uh, the my big job. One, um, yeah, one of my they paying. have prizes. They do uh, what they call sanction play. Uh, and the sanction play, uh, every couple of weeks or so, they'll send you uh, a package of rare figures. And then the uh, the winning figure on this last set was a bat cave, which was about six inches by six inches and had its own little game dynamic that went along with it and stuff. And the... The week that got announced uh, that it was coming out, even weeks before it came out, it was probably two hundred fifty bucks. Two fifty. Two fifty. Wow, for a six by six bat cave made of PVC. Yeah. Two wow. cents worth of uh, tooling. Wow. Yeah. yeah, but there's plenty of uh, the clicks themselves that are, you know, uh, anywhere from twenty to sixty, seventy dollars is and much where they tap out. So, some guy basically just created this company. Uh, it was originally, um. Or did the comic book publishers create it? No, I want to say it was one of the gaming companies. Uh, it's now NECA that does a lot of the toy stuff. Yeah. Um, back in the day, it was Wizards. Was, was it now Wizards of the Coast? Uh, or? I want to say it, w- it was WizKids, which I want to say might have been part of their A subsidiary. Division. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Well, that would make um, sense, like the children's line of Wizards of the right. West Coast. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and now you got everything, though. I mean, they they made fucking baseball po- uh, hero clicks. Um, wow. And in the he, the the next couple of sets, what's coming out? I want to say they did uh, like Mech War, and now you've got uh, what was the other ones I just saw recently? Star Trek. They did starter sets for those. So right. I mean, you can kind of throw everything into the mix. Some, in, in the game dynamics, they're a little imbalanced. Right. And they always seem to be changing the rule and the gameplay and stuff, which is kind of annoying to me. Right. Um, have you ever, uh, done any no. tabletop stuff? Me neither. No. It's so strange. And I wonder, this has got to be a common thing amongst nerdery in general, but like, it's, I'm so fucking geeky, but when other people start talking about stuff I'm not into, my brain just goes like, and I, I just start mm. Yeah, absolutely, right? Yeah. Like, it's not that I can't appreciate that people love other things or, or, yeah. or vice versa, that people don't like the stuff I love but appreciate it. Yeah. But if for some reason, like, when I don't know terms, it just turns into a foreign language. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, and I've had people, D&D was a big thing because I've, I've never D&D played. D&D is still a big thing. Well, mean, meaning yep. for me because Dungeons I did. Dungeons and Dragons. I didn't even know what the mechanics of the gameplay were until like a year and a half, two years ago. My entire life, I just thought it was people like saying stuff at a table. You know what I mean? And and doing like rock, scissors, paper at each other. <laughs> Dude, if there wasn't dice, I would play that game every day. Oh, really? If it wasn't based on dice, if it was just literally me and my friends pretending to be fucking like wizards and warlocks <laughs> and just like improving a story, that sounds amazing. But the dice element turns it into a game, and I've always had a thing again. I don't know. I'm not a very competitive person, 
So whenever I am put into a, a situation where a I could potentially situation. win or lose, I just go, oh, fuck it, I'll lose on purpose then because I don't care enough to win. Right, right. So that that's that's my gaming experience. I, I'd like to try it, though, man. Like, I, I've known about the Hero Clicks and, like, Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons. Right. I've just never... World of Warcraft, shot. that's online. I've never yeah. done that either. Magic's Warhammer is... Magic the Gathering still going strong, Magic, right? I have friends yeah. who play every week. Like, yeah. I, I've, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Yep. Or expensive hobby, too. We want to talk about expensive cards and stuff. Really? Yeah. I know, it's nuts. And then you get to buy all the binders and the card sheets to put them in. I mean, when the guys show up to play Enjoy here, your they life. all look like they're going fishing. It's tackle box upon tackle box and, you know. Enjoy your life. Because 10, 20 years from now, you're not going to be able to sell that shit for Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, well, if there's yeah, no popularity for it, it, then how the fuck are you supposed to sell it? Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the big thing. Yeah. And what's going on in comic book land these days? I ask you both jointly, Matt Cohen, host of the Bagged and Boarded uh, comic the book podcast. The Bagged and Boarded. A, it was never a comic book podcast. I liked the title, and I was really into comics when I started it five years ago. It, was but, it a weed metaphor for yourself? No, it was literally a com- it was a comic book reference. I also thought it was kind of a clever title for a podcast. That was literally right. what it came down to. And right. then in the ensuing years, I just got out of comic books a lot. And people nowadays, like new listeners, will always be like, "I like the show, but I think I missed the part where you talk about comics ever." You know what I mean? Right. Um. So I I haven't really, honestly, to tell you the truth. Uh, the past week I have been reading American comics for the first time in about three years because a friend of mine uh, recommended Matt Fraction's Hawkeye series. Absolutely. Which it's is fucking, book. it's incredible. Yeah, insane. And then I realized that digital comics were a thing and uh, I downloaded some and now I've been like slowly yeah. making yeah, my the way comics, through them. Yeah, uh, the Comicsology site um – I know every once in a while they'll do a 99 cent sale. Yeah, yeah, or, or they've, yeah, exactly. Or I had friends who had con, you know what I mean? Just kind of trading yeah. and stuff, but yeah, so I've the Diamond just has, is Diamond out, Diamond Publishing, which controls, controls distribution of comic books yeah. to most comic book shops, certainly in North America. All of it. The world. Globally? Uh, pretty much globally, yeah. yeah. I okay. mean, there's, uh, some small press companies. Are they out, out of digital distribution? Uh, no, that's now Diamond Digital, uh, uh, the catalog we get every month, the previews, you can order that from Diamond. Right. Uh, I think they're following Comixology's, um, you know, starting point right there. When Comixology was announced, I gotta tell you, I'd never heard so many retailers bitch and moan, oh my god, this is the last fucking, this is the death knell for comic books and such. And I, I thought it would be too, honestly. Well, yeah. you know, once you know what, exactly what it is, it's actually the best freaking thing to happen to comic book store in probably the last 50 years. I mean, now I get through my website, um, houseofsecrets.com House um, exactly um, you can order uh, your comics online which is at no cost to me like at the store I got my order form every week and I got to buy everything under the hopes that I will sell it on the and then you have to go and Pick it up on Tuesdays. And I do get to pick so it up. So that you have yes, it on yes. you, Comic Book you know Day Wednesdays. Do you, yeah. pick up, do you pick up your own I still deliveries? Pick up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I've been off. picking up for uh, 21 straight years. Wow. I've seen all of their In different locations. where do you pick up again? Oh, no, it's the beautiful city of Carson, California. I, I, right. In my time, uh, I've worked at five different comic book stores, and not once have they ever picked up the deliveries. It's always been diamond well, drops Well, you got to understand, my neighborhood, I've got a boatload of competition. Yeah. If I wanted to go, yeah, put it on the diamond truck, which I don't think you can do anymore because there's no diamond warehouse anymore. Oh, wow. It's just a freight forwarding location <laughs> that diamond has a little corner of the room from. And pretty much everything comes out pre-packed and we just pick it up there. 
Um, um, but you've also got, it's not just the competition in your neck of the woods. It's also, again, this unbelievable animator, studio, writer, director, producer clientele. Well, and they want their shit on their lunch I, hour it, it on Wednesdays. If it, if it is that guy or the, the 11 year old kid that, you know, is jonesing for his new Superman, they know books are out now because of the, yeah. the interweb and everything. Yeah. They know full well that comics come out on Wednesday. They know I open at 11. Yeah. You know, and at 10 o'clock people are calling, you know, which I'm, and when are they lining up? Sorry? When are they pacing in front of the door? Uh, there's usually a, a solid seven or eight bodies in front of my door at quarter till, but that's all because of the variants that come out. Right. You know, you qualify, you order a hundred copies and you get a black and white edition of this, that, and the other kind of stuff. So. My, my other favorite, cause I was a Wednesday warrior for like a decade. I mean, I spent like 80 bucks a week on comics for like 10 years. Like I was, upset. I bought every Marvel and DC book that they ever put out. Like, so I remember my favorite was always. Uh, there's always one guy who has his list of comics, but what he does is he looks through every single individual copy on the rack to find the most pristine one. Yeah, the... I could go on chapter and verse about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, they take yeah. hours, and they're always very helpful. Like, those guys, it seems that they've worked out deals with the comic book store of, like, look, I'm going to be annoying, and I'm going to be here for hours, but I will tidy up your rack as I go. Because yeah. they always seem very... OCD. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 total OC, right it's clinical it. OCD, um, no question. No, my guy was different. Really? <laughs> yeah, he just lined stuff up like all the way across the racks and like, oh, what a bummer. The sun come in properly so we could check out the corners and stuff. Oh and my it, God. It was to the point where it was like, listen, dude, you can't do this. You know, I'm a small store. You can't be taking all 90 titles, 90 like, copies of it and just schlepping them here, there. And would you like to you name know? him? Um, nah. <laughs> Marlon Wayans. Yeah. Marlon Wayans. Of the show. Exactly. Uh, but. It was genre illuminary Marlon Wayans. So what happened when you confronted him? Did he go away? He took his business someplace yeah, else? Exactly. Well, I'd, I'd they make would a point indulge, to bend it. They would let it him fly his freak flag? You no, know. that's awesome. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, a little bit. Like, uh, you know what? It's very, very rare that I do do that. Yeah. You know, because it's mean. It's mean, yeah. and I'd like to think that we're pretty open to everybody walking through the door. Yeah, no, but it's when such a great vibe in the store. For probably a total of 150 hours, yeah. you know, over a lifetime, it's, it's mind-boggling. It's, yeah. it's just freaking annoying, man. Yeah. It's like you yeah. don't need to do it. You know, you're not going to put your kids through college because you got the 10.0 version and you're going to CGC yeah. it. It's um, all about controlling chaos in that guy's it head. Is. It's all about controlling chaos. Yeah, it's I exactly right. the same with Bill Condon and his DVD collection. Not in terms of grading or whatever, but just needing to have everything. Right. Every, not just, and it's not just like, he's in the, he's in the mood to watch, uh, I'll botch the pronunciation, of course, because I'm not how you say French, but Au Revoir, Les Enfants by Louis Mal. It's not just that. It's like, I think I'll watch like, I just want to watch 10 minutes of Battleship tonight. <laughs> and he's fucking got it. Right. You know? Right. But it's a way, any any form of collecting, there's always um, – it's like my shrink once said to me concerning suicide, not my own, not my own attempt or not my own thoughts, but uh, of a guy I knew. Here's the thing you have to get about suicide. Anytime there's – you hear that someone has killed themselves, as long as it's, it's not, you know, uh, Michael Hutchins – autoerotic asphyxiation as long as the person legitimately killed themselves of course you can never know the reason or combination of reasons and what what proportions etc led to that decision 
but never forget that even if you could somehow figure out exactly what the mix was, there's always an element of mental illness. Always, always, always. It's never lost his job, dog run over by a car, girl broke up with him. There's always some degree of mental illness in there. Any form of collecting, <laughs> I think, honestly, yeah. <laughs> it's like there's some low-level form of neurotic. I look at I think that's a better word. Shit going on. I look in at it, yeah. in a, well, eccentric is a really nice yeah, word, that too. that is much better. <laughs> exactly. in, a, in a weird exactly. inverse, I feel like my collecting is the thing that keeps me from becoming completely mentally unstable. Maybe. I think yeah. that's the thing that fills me well, back again, up to normal. You're managing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a control because it's this is all fucking thing. crazy out here. Yeah, it's a control. It's purely a control thing. But 100%. in here, yeah, yeah. Um, when that guy would spread out all that stuff, how long would he be in the store on an average visit? Because how many books was he collecting and grading? Um, he, I mean, he was only. I don't think he ever bought more than two books. But you know, you got a stack <laughs> of sixty of them. You got to look at one hundred twenty comics. Wow. You know, I mean, eventually, I, you know, I. How long would it take him to make a selection, though? An hour. Sometimes more. Wow. But, uh, I mean, eventually I... Usually you know, on I Wednesdays? Going, you know what, sir? You know, I'd really... Always you know, Wednesday. I'd appreciate it. Always Wednesday? Of course. Oh, no, no, no. It was no. never Wednesday. My you guys... Could, no, because Wednesday's too busy. My guys were Wednesday because the thought of the comics sitting on a shelf... Oh, yeah, getting, to getting jog-eared. Like, and, most of the stores I worked at... <laughs> oh, my God, the They were the first people in. Some of them had fucking gem loops. Like, I used to work in stores <laughs> in Manhattan. I swear to God, guys <laughs> had fucking gem loops and would look at the creases and, and the... Uh, the binding wow. and the staples and all that. It, it's insane. Uh, yeah, is the staple just a little bit on the front of the cover as yeah. opposed to dead Rose center? Fine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Now, he wouldn't have got away with that on Wednesdays. My customers would have killed him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have had to That's do anything awesome. myself. That's it right. would have been the end of suddenly last summer. They would have torn him apart and eaten him alive. <laughs> <laughs> you actually brought up something before that kind of got my mind triggered because I haven't really had this conversation with anyone who, who works in, in comic retail. What do you What do you personally think of CGC? I, Can you uh, explain that for a second for yeah. dumb fucks like for, myself for my, who have no idea what you're opinion, talking about? It was the death of the comic book collecting industry. CGC is, and that's just, I don't know, comic book grading company, right? right. Yeah. Uh, who about in the late 90s? What's it stand that for? About right. Comic book grading company? Yeah. In the late 90s. CGC. CGC, yeah. Okay, I thought you were saying CDC, Center for Disease no. Control. Uh, basically, yeah, this, this, one. this group of people, <laughs> yeah, it's close. This group of people declared themselves the preeminent authority on grading, oh, right? on grading comics yeah. overnight. They, and then the problem was the comic book collectors bought into it. So within a year or two, the price fluctuation between... <laughs> within a, one Comic-Con cycle. Dude, the, the, the price difference between the same exact book and a CGC-graded version of that book. Like, what it did was, instead of making CGC books worth more money than the normal comics, right. it decreased the value of anything that wasn't CGC-graded. Wow. So everyone's comic book collections fluxed immediately in, in their in their evaluation. Wow. So all serious collectors had to run out and pay these people now thirty dollars or whatever it is to put one of their comics in permanent fucking loose site. Oh yeah, exactly. That they can never yeah. open or read again. Yeah. For the for the purpose of if I don't do this, my comic is not worth as much as it should be. And since I'm some I've somehow decided that the reason I bought comics all these years was not out of pleasure or love or the fact that I'm still on some level a six year old boy. It was to have but an, no. an undisplayable sheet of plastic. <laughs> yeah. Cause I that have, will put my kid through Harvard. I have one CGC book. It was Hot Stuff Number One. I, I, it was the only copy I could find of that book. I've been looking my entire life. It's like the highest, greatest version ever. I can't even fucking hang it on a wall. 
It's like it doesn't even have. There's not even a nope. loop. You'll be glad to know I just got a case in uh, recently of CGC frames. Nice. Are they that you four put, colors? You put you just the actual... slipped right on in there, babe. So I already got a hole. <laughs> Thank in you, CGC. You. Yeah, <laughs> come by the store. All right, man. Yeah. Um, you know what was weird though with the CGC stuff? Um, you mentioned like kind of the downfall of comics and stuff. What really happened that I noticed was if you look at the Overstreet Guide, which is the real authority on yeah, how to yeah, grade the comic stuff book and, and what price it goes guide. for. Um, that middle grade, that like VG, even to VF grade, is now very good to just, very fine. Yeah, sorry, is pretty much all now just fucking VG, because everybody wants that VF plus near mint, nine point nine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I saw a fucking Spawn One sell for over a thousand dollars because it was a ten point. <sighs> Spawn One has over a, more than a million copies yeah, produced. There is the most- sold to a. Probably a thousand people, they're buying a hundred at a time, and all of them put them in a bag and board and taped them. I think I have a spawn one. Uh, who like, doesn't? No. Yeah. Who doesn't? Wow. But, but because CGC, ha- because it's a nine. Well, you need to go a like, nine. Nine but, two is a near mint. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, a nine yeah. four, nine five, nine six, a 10.0 is uh, yeah, virgin, yeah, yeah. baby. Never touched. Um, did it, did wow. it affect collecting in the store at all? Um, in terms of like maybe red or golden age books or, or I tell you, I've, uh, I've got a stack of CGC books in the store because I bought them that way. I also have a stack of CGC books that I took out of their fucking dungeon <laughs> and left a little, <laughs> left a little sticker Thank on the you. back of them yeah, and put yeah. them in a mylar. Now here's another thing. Who's to say that that stuff that they're putting, that plastic doesn't PVC fucking degrade. Yeah, it doesn't interact, doesn't interact it's, with the dyes. We don't and, know uh, that it's solar. Yeah. I, I mean, yes, we don't know what that shit is. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's also, like paper boards thing, right? You really think bags and boards are good for your comics? I mean, they're great for keeping like pizza stains off of it and handprints <laughs> and stuff, but yeah. it's polypropylene or polyethylene. Yeah. It's all shit. Unless you're buying a Mylar, yeah. you're spending two and a half bucks a piece. Acid exactly. free. Protecting nothing. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the whole CGC thing, and I've seen CGC graded books, and I've been grading for a long time. You know, I got paid to grade a couple of auctions, um, and I what's, think I know how to do what's it What's that pay? While. A couple auctions, like what kind of auctions? Oh, like for- you can steal. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I think they were paying me 25, 30 bucks an hour and stuff. It okay. was uh, one of the many Nick Cage auctions over the last couple of years. Um, oh, because he's the been action, get- the action number one auction or whatever? No, no, yeah. this was a, a little place. Um, Nick Cage, that? meaning Nicholas Cage. Sorry, yeah. Who was, who sold off his comic book collection a in lot of them. Chunks. A couple of times. A couple of times in my yeah. knowledge, right? And then he got robbed. That Superman one was yeah. robbed and then, Right. It appeared again, and the insurance company was like, hey, we'd like our million dollars back now. Wow. Uh, and I think they even <laughs> took into a appreciation into that matter, too. I think he lost money on that deal. Wow. Uh, but this was peripheral stuff. Um, I mean, that guy collected everything. Wow. You know, I went down there. It was, uh, I want to say, Able Auctions, and they were down in L.A. proper. I mean, he collected pinball machines. Uh, he had a miniature Ferrari. He had a Rolls Royce. Wow. My favorite collection rumor is that at his house, he has a completely climate-controlled room of wigs, is what I've heard. Wow. Like hundreds of wigs. I bet that's and true. And toupees. Like, For himself. Yeah, yeah. Cause he's Let's doing, be clear. I don't. He's <laughs> not collecting Shatner. There's an auction, I think. Is it the Profiles in History, Shatner, history auction? Shatner wig? They've got a Shatner Kirk wigs come up every so often. Are you often. serious? Wow. Absolutely. That's amazing. Absolutely. How can you tell between that and a triple? <laughs> I don't have an man. answer. To that. I don't know a quick answer to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Volume, volume, volume. But as as someone who's created comics, what what makes them such a distinct voice? You know what I mean? Well, you know what I mean. They're, they're in other words, who the first. fuck are they? 
Well, they found it was right when everybody started doing eBay stuff, right? Yeah, so if you want right. to sell, you know, uh, a 6.0 graded FF2 to some guy in Tokyo Fantastic or four, some guy two. in, you know, wherever, at least it has a certain amount of uh, legitimacy to it. You know, when you're buying it. Well, that was honestly the, I, the one situation where I was okay with the CGC was spending that much money on, on like a book from 1953 or whatever the hot stuff was because it was like, okay, at least there's some sort of provenance in, in terms of like, yeah. otherwise I just buy a comic from a store and I have no fucking clue what, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But most of my clientele, the guys that are buying that book, they've been buying books for 30, 40 years. They, they know how to great, see a comic. As good, if not exactly. better than I can. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but you're right. paying for that pedigree. You know, and a lot of those guys, they're buying stuff. Like the guys waiting at my door to get the variant covers and the guys staring at the corners to they're get a 10.0. Fl- they're flipping. Now you have a market for that. Exactly. Well, and that You're started flipping. when I started working in comics back in like, in like 2003 when like all those Civil War, uh, variant, like black and white. Um, Paul is rolling his eyes. Turner covers came out. <laughs> when, when they started the variant thing. Michael again. Turner? Yeah, who passed away. All the away. covers all look the same for everything. Yeah. Did he pass away? He, he passed did. away a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, quite young. Like, uh, cancer, he did I believe, die, right? Yeah. yeah. Right, right, okay. Um, but. The cover's still all Marvel the started that wave of like, okay, there's four copies for every fucking comic Absolutely, now. Right? And it got insane. Yeah. Right. Now they're putting out, bl- there are blank comic books. Yeah, the sure shit are. What? They yeah. put out blank variant comics so you can take them to cons and have your favorite artist sketch on the cover. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Because not everyone can afford their own. Hey, man, good luck getting a 10.0 one of those. Exactly, right? <laughs> right? Not everyone well, I'm can afford coming into your store on Wednesday during prime time <laughs> not to everyone, spread them all out. But not everyone can afford, what, a fucking sketchbook from Staples? Like, Yeah, I guess yeah, so. Right? You know what I mean? It's yeah. just another... It's, yeah. it's back, there have been two waves of this variant thing. I remember the first one was with, with like X-Men number one started, I guess, or around there, where every comic had a fucking hologram card attached to it, Ugh, or a die-cut foil thing. Holograms, VH1s, I remember VH1s I love the 90s there was everything 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 was metallic or fucking this or that there was that I I remember that iron spider with like the metallic red there were so many and then that stopped for a few years and then now it's not now it's not gimmick variants it's just straight there are four copies four to five copies of most of the major releases you got your regular one your black and white version your pencil your variant from a different artist and then usually like like some kind of weird Local stores have their own. Do you guys yeah, get exclusive? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I know. I uh, the the what are the guys down the street? Uh, Emerald Knights. They did a My Little Pony variant. You can order a thousand copies, and you can put your store logo. I, on when I worked at Midtown it. Comics, they started being like, oh, "Okay, every single comic we need a Midtown variant." It was insane. <laughs> right? Wow. It, it was, and no one cared. You know what wow. I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's weird. What years were you at Midtown, Cohen? I oh. My comic career was two years, and it was split between St. Mark's Comics, Midtown, and Forbidden wow. Planet. Those are like the three... All in succession. Those are the three Titanic comic book stores of Manhattan, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, it's are that... leaving the, any out? Jim Hanlon's Universe. Yeah, that's a big store. Yeah. It's a big store, and uh, Things from Another World is here, right? Yeah, that's on City Walk. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, think I don't... Do, um, who, can, com- who considers that a comic book store? Uh, I think they have other it's locations. It's owned by Dark Horse, for one yeah, thing. It's exactly. owned by Dark Horse, yeah, yeah. I don't um, know. And I think there was something called Rocket Comics in Brooklyn, maybe, which was like the big okay. one over there. But yeah, I did I did my my, uh, my stint really quickly. Okay. Because I loved comics, and I was like, okay, this is going to be a dream job. And then Fresh I, course. And then I worked there, and they didn't let me read comics, and I was like, oh, no, it's just a job. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. In varying degrees. Some of the stores were cooler. I'll, like, I'll fucking spill. Forbidden Planet was my favorite out of those. They were right. a real cool staff. 
Uh, Gold Midtown was run like a Barnes and Noble. It's just a big three-story corporation where I had to work like 15-hour days. And St. Mark's, I only worked at for three hours. And I quit, <laughs> really? I quit my first day of my first shift because I lived half a block away, and they were being real mean. Really? Basically, I, it was that was my first comic book job. My interview, I had to like say what issue. Hulk premiere. I was all excited. It was like, oh, my God. This is everything I've ever wanted. And then I got there and they were like, all right, you can't read comics. You're not going to ring anyone up. Your job is to make sure people don't steal shit. And I was like, I don't want to be a fucking security guard. I want to yeah. work in comics. So I just yeah. said I had to go to the bathroom. Loss prevention. Left. Yeah, yeah. How did you get into it, Paul? You know, it was weird. I, uh, it was my sister back in England. My sister. Whereabouts at, in England? Uh, we were actually, we were probably in Wales at the time. We were up in South Wales in okay. a little town called Llanetli. Shout out. Um, <laughs> can you say shout out in Welsh? Uh, no. I can say two things. I can it's order like milk and uh, another one. Uh, my can you order worked, milk? It's Fleiss. Double L. Everything's double L in Welsh. You know that. Come on. So when you're, so when you're ordering milk in, in uh, Welsh, you just say, can I have some Clyth? Yeah, I do. You, you don't even know the whole sentence? I can, I can say what When you pick up is? the phone okay, for... Okay, I know a sentence and one for word. For a height dot. Busted. <laughs> okay, so there you if are. If this goes long, I will ask you, Raduin Tim, Jack. Sounds like Elvish. Where are we getting drunk? Uh, what time is it? Oh, there we go. There's a reason okay. it sounds like Elvish. I think Tolkien based the majority of, of Elvish on Welsh and like other Germanic things, but I think Welsh was like the biggest part of the, the language root. It's the deadest language I know. I mean, I grew up in, uh, in grammar school and we don't do A's and B's and C's. It was zero to 100. And I took Latin, I took Welsh, I took French, and I never scored more than the 12. Wow. I was horrible at language. But my father told me that when we used to go to Spain every year, we always camped out in this one place in uh, Mallorca with a Dutch family. And he told me I was speaking Dutch fluently after two <laughs> weeks with that. Really? Uh, you know, it's all, it's all the presentation of it and such, huh. you know. But anyhow, my sister, she worked at a news agent and, um, she'd bring me home all the, uh, 2000 ADs and the, uh, oh, yeah. uh, Dandy and the Bee and Rory the Rovers and all that kind of stuff. And that was my first real, um, look at, you know, comic comics. books. Kind of so comic then you books. just started collecting. Uh, well, I came here, uh, I, there was, you know what? I found, uh, an incredible Hulk. I forget the number. It's like right in the 130s. It was the first and only appearance, I think, of Aquan, the water monster or something like that. Right. And I found it on, uh, on a vacation or on holiday at one of the, uh, all the gas stations on the motorways and stuff, these big like hotels slash gas stations slash this, um, in I UK, found, uh, in the UK. Yeah. Got it. Uh, and I found an American comic there and I almost wet myself, man, with joy. You know, it, to me, it was because they were full color. The British comics were awful. They were oversized. They're not quite magazine. Right. Uh, they're not quite this. They're not quite that. But they'd be right. black and white. They're bigger than prestige size, right? As far as width, right? They were. I want to say they were the width of a magazine, but slightly taller. Okay. For some strange so reason. So impossible. The whole metric yeah, thing. Yeah. I'm thinking. Right. Um. But what they would do is like you'd have a uh, color cover and back cover. Right. And then they just Inside. have like fucking magenta. On yeah. one panel, and yeah. you know, I was like, ah. "What's well, the same thing they did with all those early episodes of Doctor Who and the Tomorrow People?" Mm-hmm. They had no color; they would just pick one color. One color, yeah, right. No, uh, but the, and the good news <laughs> in the seventies when I started reading them, they yeah. were reprinting tons of Kirby and Ditko and all that sixties Marvel stuff. Unfortunately, it was four pages at a time. At a time. So everything was Dark Horse Presents, <laughs> so right? Every, every comic and, took four fucking weeks to read. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now the British comics weren't so bad because they were written that way because they knew they were coming out weekly. Well, they came but, out, but they, but like 2008, it, it, it's like those. It's a it's a magazine magazine format, so there are multiple comics yeah. in each issue, right? Yeah, it's an anthology every so, issue. So you read it weekly because you read all that exactly. That's what like yeah. Japanese people do that with with their comics. Like right. they all come out in magazines and and yeah, there's it's like, a serial. Yeah, but the Japanese are giving you about a thousand pages I mean, a week. You are getting, getting a four a week. Phone book. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, the British stuff was at least kind of written that way because they knew there was a wait. When you're taking a 22-page Marvel book and you just end and then you got to wait a week, it's, you know, it's kind of yeah. sucks. There ain't no yeah. commercial breaks in, no, in a 22-page exactly. comic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was great. You know, I got, I got to read all the stuff from the 60s and stuff and all that classic stuff. And to this day, that's still the stuff that I gravitate towards. Who, who was working? Uh, and this is what years, roughly? Uh, that had to be. I moved here in 81, so we were in Wales from... 76 to 81. Right, okay. Who were the UK people working at the time in like 2000 AD? Um, it was all the guys at Vertigo now, you it know. Was, it, it was, was the, it was Gaiman and Ennis and Ellis was, and all those yeah, guys. Exactly. Yeah, that exactly. was like the golden age. Yeah. And, and then Karen Berger went over there and stole them all for DC. Exactly. You know? Good for her. I mean, you know, yeah, she I brought mean, a lot of talent over here. She just left, didn't she? Uh, I want to say she got shown the door. So at I, Vertigo? Yeah. Like it just happened within the well, last few months. I really think that the new DC doesn't want anything to do with Vertigo. No. I mean, I was super happy to see that Shelley Bond took over, who had been around for a long time. And, you know, I think her and Karen were very good friends. But interestingly enough, they're co-opting Vertigo characters because they're doing Swamp Thing and Constantine. And, exactly, right? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Huh. All part of the new 52, right? And the Wildstorm universe. Let's not forget And yeah, there's a grifter. There's a grifter book. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's easy to forget. <laughs> When did you start selling then, or when did you have your um, first job in your first comic book my store? My first job uh, in comics was actually I had uh, my business cards made up, and I was the comic stop. And I had my garage, and I'd never was been Was that more in Montrose? Organized. That was – actually, I was living in Montrose at the time. Yeah, before I opened up Acme Yeah. in Montrose, I was I had all my stuff in my garage, and I only had a couple of customers, but – you know, I had their want list, and I'd go to shows, and if I'd pull something, I'd drive them over, and I'd take them. But you understand, when I got here, I worked as many jobs as I could find, and I I just lived and breathed comic books. I bought right. so many comics, it was ridiculous, because, you know, I, I had no access to them growing up. Right. I ditched my, two, you know, two tons of British books for, you know, 500 bucks so I could right. buy more American ones. Right. Um, and yeah, that was, that was pretty much it. You know, it was huh. over for me when I got here. It was another world in uh, Eagle Rock, Bob and Marion back there on Colorado. Are they still there? Uh, no, I want to say they're, I don't, I think baby melt was going to buy them at one point. I'm not sure if anybody bought them out. I haven't been in that neighborhood in a while, huh. but they were great. His store was super tiny with a giant back room. And you'd ask Bob, you're like, ah, can I get a Daredevil 158? You know, and you're like, oh, I'm pretty sure I got a couple back there. And sure. Shit. You go back a week later. Give you two copies to choose from, you know, you just have that wow. encyclopedic knowledge, you know. What year was it when you opened your first store then? It was 91. 91. A couple of months before the death of Superman. Okay. <laughs> and Pog spoken as if it, as if it was yeah. a real historical event. It was, man. A couple it months was. before 9-11. It absolutely was. <laughs> that was the first big, like, meteor explosion. It was insane. That was the first time that people... That's before like, they killed Robin? No. No, Death no, of no, the no, family no. was first, but yeah. that... Wasn't but nobody it, cared. It wasn't. It was Jason Todd. It wasn't exactly. even the real Robin. It wasn't even the real Robin. Okay. Um, but no, when Death of Superman came out, like I think my mom bought like ten fucking. I still have like th- four black bag sealed copies, mm-hmm. along with open copies and just wristbands and the card and like pieces of like twenty complete Death of Superman sets because that's what. 
They and they tried to do it again with the death of Cap, and they it kind of worked. Right. Like a couple of years ago when they did it, but it, everyone, did. Right. it worked. They it sold did. a shitload and made big. like the front page of CNN and, and all the newspapers. But it was also like, we know he's going to be alive in a few months now. After Superman, yeah. I think the industry kind of learned like, okay, no one's ever going to die forever. Yeah. I mean, you had what? You had Superman and I think they followed up too quickly with like the breaking of the bat, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. Kind of stuff. With and Nightfall. Was yeah. Yeah. Harder and, um, but that Superman book, it was, a phenomenon at the time. It put me on the map. My neighbors, I had a comic book store up the street in Montrose, and uh, they were sold out at 11 o'clock, closed, and were opened back up at 1 o'clock, and they were $20. You know, I, that was that first, you know, um, wow. uh, that, f- that franticness for, you know, get people come in and they never read a comic book. It was also the first, they, it was a speculative comic buying when that started, when people bought comics to flip a day later. Yeah. 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 Which, it really which was. happens now all the time with posters too. Uh, like geek posters, that's the biggest thing now. Like if you go to any, you mean lim- the, um, if you go to any gallery 1988 or, or I am 8 bit show or if there, if there's any Ollie Moss fucking painting, you'll have a line around the block for three days for the sheer purpose of flipping them for like four times the price within an hour on eBay. Steve Weintraub at Collider actually started a dedicated Twitter handle based on a column at Collider called Limited Paper, which I follow literally just to keep up with that whole fucking business, which Mondo really started. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do a column about that too now called Art Snob over at Nerdist, actually. So oh, really? Switch over. Yeah, I okay. read a column about geek art. And in Mondo, Mondo and Ali Moss, like that first... Like Ali Moss, Totoro. Ali Moss is the the king yeah. of uh, this kind of yeah. thing. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, when people first started realizing, like, holy shit, a poster for fifty dollars is selling for fucking four hundred within a week. Yeah. But my my experience of it has been, frankly, um, and I just got a thing. Actually, I was just in the middle of when Paul knocked on the door. I was just forwarding a thing from Bottleneck Gallery. Are you okay? I, I know Bottleneck. Uh, a yeah. friend of mine recently in in Brooklyn, right? Yeah. Really cool stuff. Yeah. Someone just recently hit me to them. I want that they're ostensibly do- selling for charity, all of it. Yeah, for, like it's, donations it's it to like. date yeah, on yeah. their website and stuff. It's all prints. I don't know that they even sell any originals. They're not doing originals. And all the original, all the prints are like fifty bucks a piece. But my thing is, when I miss these things, or Hero Complex had that gallery show a couple months ago. Doing- you just go on eBay. Yeah. I haven't seen horrendous markup. No, but- I, don't, I don't. Specific artists. Maybe. And yeah. the Mondo stuff, for the most part. The Mondo stuff is all out of control. I'd heard that Mondo might actually be changing their um, philosophy, though. They should. That uh, <laughs> I want to say the, the next couple of solicitations are going to be you have a couple of days to order well, it. They've done two of those. And then it'll be print-demand. They've well, done two of those now. Is that just an experiment? Is that what's going they, on? They did a Dark Knight print-demand, Dark Knight Rises, and now they're doing a Pac-Ram one. A what? Oh, excuse me, Man of Steel. Gotcha. Was the second one they did, Mondo. The Man of Steel is, an, which means Meaning it wasn't open limited. edition. It means you had like four days to order it, and they would keep printing yeah. until they were done with the right. solicitations. Whereas yeah. their usual system, for those who don't know, is, hey, tomorrow we're going to release a Gremlins poster. and then We'll tell a, you when on Twitter. No, they won't tell you when. And then at a random point, fucking Justin Ishmael is like, okay, it's up now. Okay, it's gone now. I have yeah, gotten absolutely. one Mondo poster in three years of trying. Wow. And they really, the turnaround on those things is ridiculous. Isn't I was... Uh, an aisle away from Mondo at Comic Con. It was the craziest thing. It was my favorite thing about Comic Con last year. Was the group was of tw- last year, Paul? yeah. Was the group of twenty dudes who stayed next to the Mondo table for four days and just bought every single drop. Right. Really? And I spoke to them too. I was like, "Is that what you're doing?" And they're like, "Yeah, absolutely." Like, we're not gonna. I'm gonna make five thousand dollars this weekend. One kid told me. Wow. 
They and just, then you get all the dealers that'll have all their buddies that they give badges to so that they can specifically stand in line at Mondo or whatever toy exclusive and all that kind of bullshit is going yeah. on. Well, the other secret I've heard too, and I don't know, I don't know which company does it and I don't know, I don't want to uh, call anyone out, but I've heard that McDonald's. Mon- I've heard that Mondo and the like, uh, when they do a limited run, they also keep quite a few editions for themselves of course they and call fucking them ar- do. archive editions and then if you contact them independently you can pay a, pr- a markup but get that sure. poster yeah sold out it's not really sold out it seems like that's yeah. interesting huh turn the press on one more time exactly <laughs> two more times exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't know they make good stuff though i'll give you that it's all pretty nice but i think it gets to a point when you know you're looking at specifically with mondo and again, no disrespect, huge props, but when you're looking at like, oh, next Thursday, we're coming out with our Jurassic Park, it's probably at this point like the sixth Jurassic Park print that they've done. How many King Kongs have they done? And it's not to say that the, that each of the King Kongs that they've done so far isn't each unique and beautiful, but it's sort of like... Yeah, it's that lower diminishing... Return. How many creep shows have they done? Zero. I can tell you. And you would buy one if they did one, right? Not necessarily, but that's, if it had Fluffy on it, I that, would. I would have to. That's the thing know? with the geek art. Like, but I they'll live... do 10,000 Pacific, Pacific Rims, which is the other thing of when Mondo just announces. I, I was on the phone with Harry Knowles a week or two ago, and we were talking about Bill's next movie, which is this Julian Assange WikiLeaks movie called The Fifth Estate. And I joked about, like, well, yeah, I can't wait poster? to get those Fifth Estate Mondo prints going or whatnot. <laughs> and he's like... Well, I'm sure we could get that going, you know, but it's like when these giant movies like, like Pac Rim or Man of Steel are coming out, Man of Steel with a production budget that I'm sure is around $300 million before marketing, having seen it last night, that, that motherfucker yeah. is easily one of the most expensive movies ever made. But here's Armando print and it's like, oh, you mean, Outre outsider art for your your giant fucking quarter pounder with cheese corporate product that's like ten billion gallons of Tide laundry detergent coming well, down the, the mountain. The other it's thing like, do, the other could thing, not be more corporate. The other thing know? they're doing now that kind of makes me laugh is like there have been there are like three different companies doing exclusive pack rim posters and whole lines of them, but they've been selling them for the past two months. I don't even know if I like the movie yet. I'm well, exactly. Gonna buy, I'm not going to buy art. It's from too a movie soon. It's, this is not Blade seen. Runner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. But instantly, just by by dint of Mondo or a few of these other labels, if you will, putting out a print, it instantly just anoints it as like instant classic. And it's like, well, it's what about always, a movie like The Lone Ranger or whatnot? True, it's like though, instant yeah. classic. It's like, oh, really? Well, come Monday morning. Disaster. Yeah. You and know? you're right. There's a big difference between a Pacific Rim Mondo print and, you know, that big stainless steel Robocop piece that they did years and yeah, years ago. Yeah, that you framed know? I mean, one and you know, I saw one in it your... It really is. It's night and day, you know. Yeah. Here's the best kept... Well, the two best kept um, Angelino secrets from one Angelino to any other Angelinos who may be listening. If you need framing... Take your shit to Paul Grimshaw at House of Secrets, who's been doing my framing for a thousand years. And what's, what, in very, 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 very rare circumstances, I'll turn, turn over a piece from one of Bill's movies or whatnot, and I'll be, and you even know how Bill likes the stuff, which is usually, 
plain black frame and turn that plex, turn that non glare plexiglass around and give it to him backwards so there's no reflectivity. But almost 99.9% of the time, I give all my, I turn all my stuff over to Paul and I just go do whatever you want with it. And I have never been, like maybe once I was like, ooh, this is like really far afield of what I would, but, but you always hit it out of the park. The other Angelino tip, is as uh, Josh Kessner and I discovered about two hours ago, HollywoodPies.com, which purports to serve true Chicago style. The deep, one across deep from dish pizza on Pico on Vermont. Oh, okay, no, that's, that's Pico House of Pies. And, yeah, been- well, House of Pies. That's like pies, pies. Yeah. This is um, Chicago style deep dish pizza in oh, Los pizza. Angeles. Oh, okay. With the cheese underneath the tomato sauce. Right on. Where yeah. is it? Pico and La Cienega, Josh. Yeah. Um, nice. No, I had the dogs. Dogs are pretty good. There's another Italian beef's pretty good. I went to a Chicago pizza place a few weeks ago and it was fucking awesome called like Massa and Echo Park. Oh, really? Really good. Yeah, yeah. I'll hit you after the show. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. We all love pizza. Pizza, pizza, pizza. Who doesn't like food? Yeah. (laughs) Who doesn't love food and good framing? Right. Anyway, as you were. So, uh, are, are you, do you obviously, do you have a big Comic Con presence? Is that, how many years have you no, been? No, by the way, no. Paul, this is about the most interest Matt Cohen, most interested yeah, exactly. Matt Cohen has been in a guest in a good long time. Uh, do you, do you go to Comic Con or? I, uh, I retail last year after taking my first year off the year before. I took a break and, uh, I honest to God, I really wish I hadn't gone back. Really? It wasn't, it, I wish I hadn't gone back, period. Retailing's a bear. You have four and a half days of extreme white noise and standing on your feet. And it's really, really hard to make a buck these days. It's super expensive. You know the price of hotel rooms of and food and, you know, after People aren't there to buy stuff anymore. They're no, just there it's to like panels. a big, yeah. you know, everybody takes those big, giant Warner Brothers bags and just fills them with as much free, free shit, shit as they can. Swag, swag, you know? swag. Yeah. Um, My first Comic-Con, I saw a line of like 400 fucking deep. And I was like, what are you guys waiting for? And they went, Fox is giving out free T-shirts. And I, I went, they're going to wait in line for two plus hours to get a free t-shirt. Get a fucking t-shirt. Yeah. Welcome to Comic-Con. Yeah. And no it's not even twi- it's not even Twihards who are waiting to get Twilight stuff, which we all know free. 365 days a year they're completely obsessed with. It's just like, oh, Mac- again, like McDonald's is giving out free styrofoam cups. It's like, really? Yeah. I probably heard of these free about 500 <laughs> times over five days. Yeah. You know, I mean, the con's great. The city's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. There's yeah, a is. lot to do and see. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, man. I'm yeah, kind of, I district. did, you know, 22 years ago and it was on the other side of the tracks and you'd walk in and it'd be Kirby and, you know, yeah. all the classic art. Actual comic stuff. book people Actual, at yeah, Comic Con. a fucking concept, yeah. right? Actual <laughs> comic book people at a comic book. Writers now, and artists. They're all in Artist Alley now. Like that. Yeah, which that, is like the Helen Keller spot dude, though. Come on. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, bring um, your own light bulb. <laughs> Artist, no. I was trying to explain to my mom about Comic Con. She's like, "So it's all comics, right?" I'm like, "No." She goes, "So it's all video games?" And I was like, "No." She's like, "So what is it? TV shows and, and studios, movies, studio panels, and video game companies." Not really. Video game companies have kind of split PS3 off. has a big pavilion there, and well, yeah, the, the big two. But like, you won't see individual software companies typically. No, 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 no. That's no. at PAX and, and no. E3 now, yeah. but. It's literally just become uh, the network showcase, but it's not even for purely genre properties anymore. No, when no. they're doing the fucking summer comedy 
<laughs> you know, yeah. you're like, what does this have to do with Comic Con? No, you yeah. know, it's like bridesmaids, from, it's you know, same, or something like that. Yeah, the it's same now demo. it's now pop culture con, in my opinion. It really, yeah, it is. is. Yeah. It's a pop culture expo. But everything is honestly. I went to Anime Expo this weekend, and you wouldn't believe the amount of like Doctor Who cosplays and like really? Star Wars yeah. stuff. It's just anyone wants any opportunity to get fucking fly their geek flag now yeah, and dress up, and they just take over every expo. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it's all right. Whatever. No, it's totally cool. But it's how was that expo? Oh, it's gotten, you know, I've been the last four years. Was it the LA convention center yeah, downtown, it's gotten right? Huge. The amount of people who fucking show up now is insane. We went down, uh, Eric Odom and I took, uh, this author, Ruth Clampett, down with her daughter, Alex, whose birthday it was on Saturday. We had dinner at LA Market Restaurant inside the JW Marriott slash Ritz Carlton at LA Live. And all the Anime Expo people were coming over and standing in that sort of Stanley Kubrick bar with yeah, the floor yeah. panels that are all lit up from beneath. And um, Alex, who just turned 16, but is like, you know, 52 intellectually, <laughs> spotted what she thought was somebody in a pedo bear costume. There were tons of pedo bears. <laughs> well, not the one that we saw, which was a bummer because the 16-year-old girl and I were totally like, if that's a fucking pedo bear costume, we have to get our picture taken with pedo bear. Was it not pedo bear? <laughs> it wasn't. There were a lot of pedo bears. It was just a bears. fucking bear. <laughs> God damn it. A lot of pedo bears, and now the most popular cosplay by far is a character from the show Adventure Time. Yeah. It's like girl with yeah, like... With that, the knee-high socks. It's Marjorie. And the, little, yeah. and, and the guitar and that black wig thing and the yeah. gray t-shirt. Yeah. I don't... Every single fucking woman at a, at the last four conventions I've been to, it's all they wear. Yeah, we really? were at Calgary uh, over Are the they all just tours? A quarter of the crowd was all uh, Adventure Times. Yeah, all Adventure Times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is on what? Cartoon Network. Yeah. Channel? Okay. It's on pretty much every day. Do you watch that? Every hour. Do you watch no, it? I can't say I do. I do. It's great. I know you do. <laughs> I didn't ask you. <laughs> um, but I knew but what the answer was. Everyone, be. it's it's just funny. You see it going waves. Like two years ago, it was all Doctor Who. Everyone had right. a fucking fez at every convention you went to. And now, now it's, it seems to be all Adventure Time. Huh. It's, it's just interesting how the, how it moves like that. You know what it's I mean? Star Wars, really? Not so much Star. I mean, you well, always you just get a, said Star yeah, Wars. You always get a fair amount of stormtroopers at everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing too in depth. So not interesting anymore. Star Wars? Not to me. What about yeah. what about the eight new films coming out in the next two years? <sighs> I hope Bill Condon directs one of them for various and sundry reasons, but I'm down. Yeah. That'll keep Paul in framing. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I think I got twenty two of your pieces at home already. He li- he literally has twenty two pieces <laughs> Waiting. that he's framing. Waiting. Twenty They're not getting done right now, I can tell two. you that much. Where do I know. they where, where do they go? Jack, well, they're not all for me. Like, quite a number of them are for other people, so it's, it's all just going through me. Oh, okay. Yeah. You guys have pretty sparse artwork. Yeah, it's the way Condon likes it, but, unfortunately. But it's all hidden somewhere. Can you imagine what this room would look like if if uh, he wasn't here? Well, it's I my mean, apartment, he's not too. here, but if uh, he didn't live here. Have you seen the uh, Guillermo del Toro, the Bleak House feature on the Kronos Blu-ray? Uh-uh. Uh, have you? No, but there was just another Bleak House thing that I've got, maybe also from Collider, that I'm going to put a little bit on you, Are you familiar with Bleak House, Paul? I'm not. It is Guillermo del Toro. It's not his main residence, right? It's a it's house where he it's, bought. It's his to... site B. It's where he keeps his shit. Oh, it's the, it's the house he curates, It's right? a fucking museum. himself. It's yeah, a geek yeah. museum. I didn't yeah. know the name for it. I know he has his it's, uh, it's giant man cave. It's the single best fucking geek museum I've ever seen yeah. in my life. It's the most inspiring, yeah, amazing. Kronos. It's on, it's on the Blu-ray and DVD editions. Yeah, yeah. The Criterion Blu-ray. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 
DVD editions, have a tour of Bleak House. Yeah, that guy's got quite the uh, appetite for all things. Well, that's that's how I feel, man. It's like if I if I made a billion dollars, I wouldn't buy a fucking Lamborghini and I wouldn't get a jet. I would just collect all the shit I love yeah. for the rest of my life. I'll take that Frazetta cover. Exactly, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's, which I, w- I would do now, but I'm limited by space. I have more artwork in my storage unit than I do on my walls. And how often do you check that storage unit for mm, leaks? A lot. Yeah. It's in Sun Valley, though. It ain't leaking. And what, <laughs> there's no rain in Sun Valley. There's no rain in Sun Valley. It's right there. Okay. In the it's right there in the name, Sun. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's an addiction, and I'm sure it's it's every, what every collector feels. Though, but it's like if something comes out that I need to have, I'm not going to let it pass by because I can't frame it right now. No, I get that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's but it's also that thing of like. I have a storage unit full yeah, of work. There's something to be said for like, if you're not looking at it, why? Yeah, why? Why, why am I doing yeah. it for some eventual mansion where I can hang all my shit? Like, well, you hope so. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But yeah. or not even a mansion, just a nice house in the suburbs, you know, with enough room. Just wall, wall space. space is all I need, dude. Yeah. Just wall space, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's every third guy that comes in is like, oh, I've had this sitting in a drawer forever. I should probably get it framed. Well, yeah, yeah. get it framed. Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just slide it on over the counter. <laughs> um, what ports, how much framing are you doing for other people beyond customer number one, which is who is um, speaking right now? Slightly more than I do for you. Okay. Which is too much. <laughs> uh, full day. What Tuesday. percentage of your, of your overall business is framing? Uh, not much. Not much. No. I'd say, uh, maybe approaching 10%. Is it? On okay. a, on a on a solid, it's always like after Comic Con, there's tons of stuff. Mostly artwork right. or comics. Uh, it's almost. Um, eh, it's I do comics. I just don't like to. Um, they're easy enough to do, and I do them for twenty five bucks a piece. Oh, it's like bad. stick them in a mylar and frame them. No, it's yeah, mostly yeah. original comic art. Uh, the nine thousand pieces that Jack gives me every year: <laughs> Star Wars, more Star Wars, Battlestar, Battlestar. Yeah. Um, and then quite a bit of animation cells, just because of the neighborhood and yeah. stuff. Uh, and then that Mondo stuff, Mondo stuff. Yeah. Uh, rock posters. You know, I'm really fortunate. I get to see a lot of really great shit. That's awesome. Yeah. You know. Because your customers have good taste. They do. Because there are uh, so many of them are. They do. Yes, we know you. Have, lots of normal people are well looked after and stuff, but so many of your customers are working pros in the business. I have a ton of working pros. Like Marlon right. Wayans. Like Marlon Wayans. Yeah, exactly. We yeah. see Marlon all the time. To mention just one. I know. I could, I, you're not allowed to, but I would just say that I've, I see Bruce Tim in that store all the time. We used to shop at Creature Features all yeah. the time. Bruce is great. Bruce has been really good to us. I mean, he's done three of our covers for our, you know, uh, art of fiction comics right. and stuff. Right. Uh, I mean, he's a pro. You know, I yeah. love Bruce. I grew up on, I wasn't a boy, but I grew up on the first Batman series and stuff like that. Right. Justice League. Who was the other guy that. that was involved with him who was also a customer at Creature Features who I uh, might surmise? Well, I did a sketchbook for Butch Lukic. Uh, who Russ was Lukic? Uh, Butch Lukic. Uh, Butch huh. directed uh, quite a few of the Batman Beyonds and Justice League. Well, there's another guy, uh, Russ Lukic, who's a big makeup oh, yeah? guy. Yeah, it's so uh, weird to got, hear that um, name twice. Was it Alan Heller and Dan Reba? No, there was another. Dini? Yeah, Paul. Paul. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He used to come in Creature Features yeah, all the time. I still see Paul. Yeah, Paul and Misty, who Zatanna is based on. Absolutely. I believe. Yeah, and is yeah. a full-fledged magician. Yeah, he was an amazing magician too. Yeah. That's his wife. Yeah. Okay. They used to do a lot of stuff with with Smodcast back in the day. They okay. Had a, something they had a show on Quick Stop. They used to do. What's that? They had a show on Quick Stop. So way before it was even Smodcast. Right. Okay. Paul and Misty were involved. Uh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, they're a cute couple. 
And Cohen, you have seen Man of Steel? No. Well, I've seen it. Wow. Makes one of the thoughts. I mean, I liked it. It's, I've been thinking about it today and stuff. It's, it's a lot to take in and it is, uh, it does defy most of your sort of superhero conventions and also defies a lot of Superman conventions. But I thought it was, um, pretty well pulled off and I thought that Henry Cavill was absolutely a movie star. Like, the dude playing Superman? fantastic in the part. Fantastic. Yeah. Really, really, really great. And I did, I saw it with Adam Cook, who I turned to at the end, and I was just like, I liked it more than it, than any of the Nolan Dark Knights. There's a lot more emotion in it, in it. appropriately, of course, because it is Superman, but right. um, the Hans Zimmer score is phenomenally good. When's it not? Oh, often. Really? <laughs> you have to point it out. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. <laughs> But a really, really fantastic. You've heard it. You've seen the, tr- the trailers and TV spots. It's yeah. that theme that's just played. I haven't seen it. I've heard all about it's it. It's really good. Yeah. Um, but the vision of Krypton is interesting. The role of Russell Crowe is interesting. I thought Michael Shannon was um, okay as General Zod, but a little underwritten. There's a lot. Certainly, you know, if you've heard people bitching about the dialogue, there are shortcomings in the pl- and plenty of them in terms of dialogue and the script. I did think, interestingly, too, um, given that, so to speak, to be coarse, we're in the Benedict Cumberbatch business, I did have a conversation a short while ago about the idea that Cumberbatch could just as easily and perhaps more appropriately have played, have filled Terrence Stamp's boots playing General Zod in that movie rather than playing Khan, given that he is British, given that, between Michael Shannon and Benedict Cumberbatch, who do you more easily envision playing literally a military general? Um, but I was glad Cumberbatch didn't do it. I was glad I thought Cumberbatch did a great job in Star Trek Into Darkness, and I don't know. Shannon just just okay, I thought. But uh, Henry Cavill, fantastic. And I had no idea who was playing. Um, Perry White until I saw him and <laughs> I was quite surprised at various aspects of, of that casting, including the weight. Oh yeah. So, I didn't yeah. even see that. Somebody's a big boy. Yeah. yeah someone's, which I, I'd always heard. Someone's got some like. stress in it. Someone's had a stressful last couple of years, man. Has he? With all that daughter shit? I don't even know. His daughter did, we're talking his, about Lawrence Fishburne. His daughter did porn. Oh really? And, like went public like a year ago, like he's disowned her. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Who knew? TMZ new. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so you are working this year, the con? No. You are no, going no. down? No. No. I'll um, probably be part of Trickster, which is that little pop-up competing convention. They were great to us last year. Um, I think uh, Steve Niles was, was yeah. down there and talking about that Yeah, a lot. Steve's yeah. the guy who turned me on to it, too. Um, Did he move out of town? Yeah, he moved to Texas. I think he's... Uh, him and Bernie Wrightson are, uh, are neighbors in Texas now in Austin. Austin, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. True story. Um, and Cohen, you are going? Yeah. What are you going to do? Work. Is it gonna, but is it going to be a... Um, you're going to work for Nerdist? Yeah, I'm doing press stuff. Holy and God. is it going to be a, a Bacchanalia? No. I'm going to try to... I can't, dude. I have to be on the floor. Cohen's experience. Tell Paul about your Comic-Con experience last year, which 
I'm guessing is unlike any experience that you've ever had with the show. Well, call. the rest of it was great. I just got alcohol poisoning on the first night and I had to go to the hospital after the twilight party. Um, as you do, but the rest of my weekend was fantastic, except for the toll it took on my fucking body, and I can't. But like these that. clubs, oh, the these parties? kind of underground clubs, go on. Well, there wasn't really any under. I didn't go to any underground club. I went well, to, what was that club that was Nerd HQ? But that's the, that's not even a club. It was a, it was just one of the parties, like it was Zach Levi Operation Smile thing. If you know about that, it's, yeah, it was a, for. Well, maybe it's not technically underground, but it's not a. It's not just a sort of corporate studio party. No, exactly. It was more, yes, it's more of a community oriented. What was the venue? I don't remember. It was uh-huh. right across from the stadium. <laughs> Probably what, something adventure time, right? Yeah, exactly. What time did you usually start? Oh no, dude, I, I, my Comic Con last year was I would wake up at like fucking four o'clock in the afternoon and walk into the gas lamp and then get home at nine a.m. as everyone else was walking right. into the convention. But this year I have to be not the, my experience. <laughs> I, have to be on the flo- I have to be on the floor from ten to five, so I've made a strict rule wherever I am. At 3.30 in the morning, I head back to my hotel wow, okay. and try to grab like at least four and a half to five hours of sleep. When night. you say the floor, you have to be on the exhibit hall floor? Well, not on the floor, but just working. You have to be in the convention center. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know wow. my schedule yet. I'm sure I'll have breaks in between, but for the majority, I'm I'm on call uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Wow, crazy. Yeah. And what parties are you going to? None. I'm not invited to any. So Why not? Everyone. I don't know. I wasn't invited to any last year. I, I find my way in. Oh, you want to come? <laughs> would you want to come to the Scholastic Party Thursday at I'll 7 t- o'clock? I'll take whatever invites people throw at me, dude. That's what Comic-Con's all about. Um, well, the thing, I've, th- I've thought about this with the parties, and you might be able to enlighten me a little bit in this. The only way people are getting invited to the bigger parties is through publicists, right? No. How do you get – if you're random celebrity A, how does the True Blood Party reach out and say that you're on the list? You contact – Your publicist contacts them. More or – yeah, your publicist or so just I mean, somebody, your I, assistant. Unless you have a team, you're not getting invited to these parties. If you're just a comic book writer or – No, but frankly speaking, Nerdist, number one, should have a full and complete awareness of everything – from a summit party I'm sure they to do. Nerd HQ I'm sure they do. Yeah, and yeah. everything in between. Nerdists should know everything that's going on down there. I, in I that didn't mean me in general. Square miles. I meant just normal people in general. How do normal those... people don't get invited to it? I, I didn't mean normal people. I meant like civilians. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess so. But, but the, at the parties, it, it varies from like B to even higher list celebrities down to just like industry people. How are those people getting in? Friends of friends. Friends of friends. That's yeah. how I get it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought of. It, it used yeah. to be the toughest party down there was the Entertainment Weekly Sci-Fi Channel party, which was always at the, I think, Solomar, and it would sort of be a little starry. Whereas now it's a hard rock, right? I don't even know. EW's hard rock now. Number one, yeah, and Sci-Fi Channel is now Sci-Fi, and who fucking cares about <laughs> that party? I went to the party a couple of times, and it's like, you know, at, to date that party when I was there, it's like... Oh wow! Here's the cast of Heroes. Well, that's the other, from NBC. That's, of course, my, here they are being paraded. The other honest Who take cares? on those parties is like, the, except it's all about the people for me, right. meaning the people like friends of mine inside. So of like, ninety percent of those parties I got into were fucking boring and horrible. Yes. Like the True Blood party. Like ninety percent of parties you get into yes, in Los Angeles exactly. County. Hundred percent right. It, it all has to do with the people there. So yes, so it's I'm, like not, I'm not even worried. Free liquor or not? Yeah, I've, I've got enough friends going that like if no one gets into a parties, we'll make our own party. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, here's my Comic Con thing. After ten straight 
years going down with Mike Enriquez. Last year, given that it was Breaking Dawn Part 2, and we had our big party, and I slept out in the line and all this kind of stuff, I also I thought this I is like... That. When I go down, when I've gone down in the last 10 years and not had any Twilight stuff, which is like eight of the 10. And even when I've, for the last two years, I, I've gone down and I've done a lot of the Twilight stuff. And then I get down to what I do, which is just literally the exhibit hall floor, start at one corner and work my way slowly, meticulously and methodically all the way to the other corner and then all the way back. It's, if you want to see like blooming, Algae seas of OCD. Just look from look at me on the Comic Con exhibit hall floor. Grading out the floor. It's crazy. But after doing it for ten straight years, and I was totally aware last year was the tenth and all that. the The content of the exhibit hall floor has not really changed that much over a solid decade. So I actually decided it's like mm, you know what this might be. My equivalent of like going out, like maybe this is the end of an era, maybe enough's enough and all that stuff. And I was at dinner when Bill was through town briefly, we were at dinner with friends and who were going down to Comic Con and we started talking about it. And I was like, you know, I'm thinking I'm not going to go this year. And I did my whole thing. I already had three badges secured from the guys at Prop Store of London and I was all set up and all this stuff, but I, you know, but I'm also kind of thinking it hasn't changed. And I did, Bill let me go on for about two minutes and then he just looked at them and he goes, in other words, he's going. But I'm actually not. I'm just going down for the scholastic yeah, party. Two parties, right? And then, um, I will never go to the convention center. I will never be on the exhibit hall. Are you floor. not doing the floor this year? I surrendered my badges. Wow. So I'm, I am going to go down to, I will be in San Diego for Wednesday and Thursday night. But I'm not gonna ever, ever be at the convention. So. It's a bold move, man. And no, honestly, like no summit or Lionsgate party, both of which I could get into with a phone call. I don't want it. You know, it's just like, no, let's just have like a total break. You know, it's obviously not a total breaker. I wouldn't be in, in San Diego, but in answer to your question, you have to do like what it, the hoops that you had to jump through to get into the, EW sci-fi party was stupid. It's not worth it, right? It's, it's On bringing LA style yeah. award season attitude, like Vanity Fair to party, the nerdiest place Vanity in the Fair world. Oscar party attitude down to egalitarian Comic Con. And, and it's bullshit. That is why I like Nerd it's, HQ because it was my same bullshit, nerdy dude. friends from LA. They just happened totally. to be in one room together. Every yeah. other party was like every other bullshit. But Hollywood what you told party. me about Nerd HQ last year sounded like it got a little raunchy after two, three in the morning, which I totally respect. Yeah, yeah, it did a little bit. All right. So, it was still fun. <laughs> Cause let's have some raunch at Comic Con. As opposed to just like bullshit Not, Hollywood stu- studio parties where people yeah, are people standing, standing around, around looking good and trying to get photographed. Yeah, and yeah. as I've bitched about on this podcast before, it's like the the weird phenomenon of going down to Comic Con and getting text messages from people who are like, "Well, what are you up to for dinner tonight?" And it's just like, "Dude, we don't see each other in L.A. You think we're gonna like?" And you really think really? you're going to get a dinner reservation in, you know, San Diego on a Friday, Saturday night? I always had a lot of, like, luck, luck with good restaurants just walking around and eyeballing and stuff. And but not. it's that thing of every single person you know suddenly comes out of the woodwork to ask you what party you're going to. and it's Because like, every single person knows that one. I've been wired in, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. the greatest thing this year is I just go, I don't have any invites, so we're all fucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Cohen, I have complete and total faith that you will. I appreciate that. You'll get yourself I'll worm, into I'll worm my way into some things. All the goodness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Paul, what is this? So this competing con is actually in San Diego or elsewhere? Yeah, they did a, a couple of different locations. Uh, last year they were like really right adjacent to Petco Park. Okay. They're in the gas lamp. Yeah. Yeah. Are they outdoors or, or in a rented space? No, it's, it's usually like space. a nightclub or indoors, restaurant. Yeah. The year before was like a big wine bar, which I want to say was right across the street from the convention Literally center, right but, across the street. But yeah. I think they're, okay. they were gone. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure where I need it setting it up this And what's year. the, what's the purpose of it? Or it's what's a, the, what's the I think the, the main purpose is to kind of get back comic to comic book stuff. It's to celebrate Sketchbooks, yeah. comic books. They usually do, uh, okay. they usually get a couple of, uh, models and there'll be, you know, live drawing with music. Okay. Um, and what they did for me is they allowed me to take all my sketchbooks and my comic books and put them all out in that, um, you know, that facility. Right. And they rang them up for me, so I didn't have to stand oh, on my feet awesome. all day long. And they took, Fantastic. Yeah, I think they took more than 30%. Okay. Which is ridiculous, you know, when Diamond's taking, you know, 65% right. of anything I want to sell to them. Right. Um, and I can kind of see it, you know, it's that knee-jerk reaction to like, you know, it's easy to get into Trickster. Right. Uh, where was Which it? is open to the general public. Yeah. Yeah. No and it's cost, called no TricksterCon with an X. Yeah. Or I, trick like. Uh, ST. Regular, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Trickster. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Con. Uh, I think it's just called Trickster. I think it's just Trickster. Yeah, yeah, and the, yeah. I know okay. Steve was talking, their idea was to do like a lot of pop-up locations. Okay. You know, in different states and stuff like that. I'm not sure. No, they do have a, a brick and mortar location now, um, in San Francisco. In Permanently. Got yeah, it. Down in Berkeley. Um, okay. That's like a gallery slash comic book store or what? Yeah. Basically a, a large it. version of, uh, what, you know, what their convention is. Uh, Got it. Independent comic writers, you know, and sketchbooks and the like, occasional print and that kind of stuff. Okay. Interesting. Um, and they've been really professional. I get checks from them every couple of months. Nice. Um, I couldn't speak any more highly of them, to be honest with you. Nice. All right. Yeah. So that's where you're going to be. Uh, Next well, week. I'm just, I'm literally taking the train, dropping stuff off and coming back because Amy's going, Eric's on vacation, I'll be at the store Thursday, okay. Friday, Saturday. All right, so if you're not going down to San Diego and you want to meet Paul Grimshaw uninterrupted as he's running people out of the store for spreading out the inventory <laughs> all over the place and masturbating to the lack of creases and proper staple placement... Burbank is the place to be during Comic-Con. Absolutely. HouseofSecrets.com, right? Um, That's your website. You should know. I should know, but I'm a paper guy. Um, Like us on Facebook at House of Secrets, one hopes. Yeah, House of Secrets uh, is on Facebook. House of Secrets on Twitter. House of Secrets, sure, on Twitter. Uh, (laughs) Um that Facebook is probably our biggest presence online, stuff like that. Artifiction, okay. also dot .com. It's okay. twitter.com slash HOS underscore Burbank. Look at that. that HOS how, underscore Burbank. Right off the tongue. Right? Exactly. Paul's last name is Grimshaw. If you go in there looking for him, you're in the store reliably on Fridays. Yeah, and Wednesdays. And Wednesdays, comic book day, of course. Tell him um, you heard him on the podcast. Sorry? Tell Paul that you heard him on the podcast right. and he'll, For a hefty he'll give you a flippant <laughs> remark reliably. Um, on Twitter at Camel Toad for Matt Cohen, Jack underscore Morrissey with two R's and two S's, team at team underscore Jack is another, is our uh, team Jack Twitter handle. You can like us on Facebook. We also have our illustrated photo novels 
for each podcast episode uh, at teamjack.com. We are also on Tumblr and Pinterest. We are not on Instagram. We are not on Foursquare. And uh, I guess that's the extent of it. So we're not going to do one now uh, for like another two weeks. Yeah, so we'll be back in two weeks. Anyway, Paul Grimshaw, thank you very much. Cheers. Taking long enough. It's time for you to go back down the hill and start that framing. <laughs> ah, is that the truth? <laughs> Cohen, I'll see you later. Out. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com.